Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. All right. Hi, everyone. I'm Logan Medish of High Caliber History, host of the No Low Ballers podcast. I'm here today sitting around the table with guys from Go Wild and from Gunbroker.com. And this episode ties in perfectly to our previous episode. Uh, so in the previous episode, we were talking about real firearms and pop culture history and movie trivia. And now we're talking about imaginary firearms and pop culture and trivia and history. And one of the guns that we are going to talk about went for an absolute stupid amount of money that nobody saw coming. So, gentlemen, welcome to this imaginary pop culture episode of the No Low Ballers podcast. I'm really pumped about this one. Are you? Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. Like, let's do it. I'm Sweet. a big movie guy, so I know that most of my references will be deep cuts. <laughs> so I'm trying to I'm trying to hold back on them. That's all right. We put you in here for a reason, Dan. Let yeah. it rip. That's right. You be you. Yeah. What's cool is we talk about the you know the imaginary guns, but I mean these are all built on real guns just to become imaginary guns. Right. Some of them. Some of them. Yeah. Well, and that's so. I uh, I have a connection to this first one, um, but but not in the way that would be normal. So uh, we're going to talk about RoboCop uh, and his gun. Uh, but my connection with this is that RoboCop and myself we both hail from Detroit. Uh, I, I noticed the resemblance a little bit. Yeah, mm. yeah. But I, I served my 17-year sentence in Detroit, and I made my escape. So, uh, so that's where our connection <laughs> ends. Um, but so my who, my connection to Ro- RoboCop is that we uh, we both eat rudimentary paste mm. in the morning. Interesting. That's how we recharge. See, I don't even get that joke. I, you don't I've, remember that in the scene, the I've movie? Seen, they have that like paper cup. I've seen multiple. I've seen it multiple times. And it just has not left oh, impression as a kid, on me. Like, other than acid <laughs> dude I, melting no, at the end. No, I, I as a kid, I was always like, "What is that?" Right? It was it's like H- that nasty paper cup thing that they like put in his back, and he's like. <laughs> Yeah, HBO was on, or it was on HBO like every forty-five minutes when I was a kid. So yeah. I've seen a lot. Yeah. yeah. So let's let's talk about RoboCop's Auto Nine. Oh. At the base of it is one of my Grail guns that I know I'll probably never end up with a Beretta 93R. Yeah. So it was Beretta's attempt at a machine pistol. Um, a little odd in that it was not full auto; it was only a three-round burst. Of the designs, it was probably one of the smarter ones because it had an enlarged trigger guard and a fold-down foregrip, so you could actually get your thumb in there and your hand there to get a good grip on it and actually keep it somewhat under control, and it had a compensator. Yep. Um, so cool gun in and of itself. Yep. Very neat design. Yep. So for RoboCop, you know, he is in, uh, it looks like post-apocalyptic Detroit. I think it was actually 1989. Uh, what is so now 2020 yeah, Detroit. Yeah, I mean, Detroit from, like, 1969 on has, you know, once the riots happened in Detroit, we've never really recovered. So, I know I'm going to piss off someone in the <laughs> comment section. Go for it. Bring it on. I'm from there. So <laughs> Come on, Tigers fans. Let's yeah. Uh, 
So, you know, you need a hardcore kind of badass gun for the, the prototype of the new future of policing in Detroit. And um, you needed something big. So Beretta 93R is not a small gun in and of itself, but then they, the armors added on this barrel extension, this big boxy extension with a three-way compensator. So now every time RoboCop fires the gun, it's a three-round burst, but, you know, the, the compensator shoots jets of flame. It's super dramatic, looks really cool. Um, then, of course, when you've got the Android doing a twirling finger, you know, uh, reholstering just kind of adds to the to the charm a little bit. So it was a, uh, a fantasy gun that kind of exists, but kind of doesn't. Could right. you tell by looking at it that it was a Beretta or... Um, when I was a kid, no. These days, you know, the, they, they left the trigger guard area and the, the grip fairly stock, so you can kind of gather from that, but uh, it's not as apparent as, you know, it doesn't jump off the screen like a Model 29 for Dirty Harry or anything like that. Right. And Brad, you know, this uh, this was interesting. You and I were talking about this. You know, the, the 93R-ish gun that he ends up using is not initially what they were going to use. So you were telling me what, what gun were yeah, they so wanting that, to use? You're talking about jumping off the screen. Mm -hmm. they, they were planning on using a Desert Eagle, which I guess was kind of new to that area, like a newer model. I don't, I'm not sure. Do you, when did the Desert Eagle come out? They would check out late 80s. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's so, the right time frame. So, so you got this new gun that they're excited about, and they wanted to use it for RoboCop, but he's got so much armor on and bulky that it didn't jump off the screen. It looked like he had a pea shooter mm. because of all the bulk. But then, you know, with the Auto 9, you know, it's a lot longer, all this, you know, the bulk around it. And it, it, they had to go that route because the Desert Eagle wasn't big enough for RoboCop. Which is really funny yeah. because <laughs> a, a Desert Eagle yeah. is a big yeah. gun, you right. know? Yeah, but it would have ruined the Matrix if they had used it earlier. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that what they used in uh, in Snatch when when oh, Bullet Tooth Tony's like, since yours says replica yeah. down the side. Whereas yeah. mine says ah. point. Five zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that scene. Oh, man, I haven't seen that in so, so long. <laughs> yeah. That's a great movie. And wasn't that also, wasn't the Desert Eagle in uh, Falling Down with, um, what's his face? Douglas, where he was the businessman that kind of lost his. Oh, Michael Douglas? Michael Douglas. Wasn't that Falling Down? Um, yeah. Uh, and he went to the There was a lot of guns in there. And they were like, hey, let's go to the back. And he had like rocket launchers yeah. and. and all sorts of stuff. I feel uh, Desert like. Eagle, I start thinking of all the hip-hop songs that it's mentioned in. Yeah. I feel like we could do a whole episode, which we're probably not the crowd that should do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but we might the, be in the right town for yeah, it. Dead, I, we, we could drum some up. Deadpool but, uses yeah. Desert Eagles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Logan, who looks like a classic rock front man. I'm like a country music guy. we got to get somebody who, who's an authority on hip-hop, but that would be a cool episode. That would be neat. Yeah. 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 That would be neat. Anyways, yeah. sorry, RoboCop. No, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that would have totally changed the whole tone of the film yeah. if he had been using a Desert Eagle, you know, and it would have changed it for a few different things. What could have been with the Desert Eagle? I mean, you know, the, the, right. the, the, the Desert Eagle kind of exists in its own little niche anyway, but if it had been in RoboCop, you know, would it have turned the Desert Eagle into like the Model 29? You know, would it have enjoyed a wider kind of pop culture popularity than it does? You know, so that's that's yeah. kind of an interesting what if, and, you know. And I guess because RoboCop had all of the targeting in his brain, mm -hmm. the gun didn't do anything fancy. Computer. Which I can't remember. What? Yeah. Computer. Brain. Brain computer. Yeah. No, it was a brain. Well, it was like a hybrid. Because it was like his brain and stent, like yeah, spine. Yeah, but I mean, he's, the, they had like the computer graphic. They, yeah, they like, had like the It visor. would like glitch out and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Listen, you don't even remember the movie, don't no, you? No, I don't. <laughs> impression. Don't argue with me. But what did leave an impression was Judge Dredd. 
because he was just a man, so he had to have all the tech built into his gun. So the gun did all the cool stuff. Mm. So two different camps. Yeah. Leave yep. a comment. Are you team Dread or team Robocop? And which Dread? Stallone or Urban? Mm. The thing about the Auto 9 though, that stood out, though, I think, is also the sound. So, yeah. you know, the, the the villains in the movie are using, if I remember right, kind of first-gen Barretts were kind of the base gun. It was, it was some sort of borderline artillery piece, but it was, it was a Barrett as a base. Whereas the three-round burst of the 93 made kind of a, you know, brrrt, brrrt sound. So for every big boom fired at Robocop, you, you'd hear these multiple bursts going mm-hmm. back with the multiple, you know, jets of flame out of it. And I think the, the sound and the visual made the Auto 9 just seem that cooler and that more badass of a gun than maybe in reality a, a 93R is. Right. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. There's that that is definitely a situation where movie magic really lends itself uh, to creating something really, really cool. But we can't talk about imaginary pop culture firearms without talking about the elephant in the room, and that's got to be Star Wars, right? I mean, there are so many cool, iconic weapons in Star Wars that have their basis and their genesis in real firearms. Uh, and, of course, you know, the Stormtroopers... The guns that they're carrying are based off of World War II era Sterling submachine guns, and so that's that's an iconic gun. Um, the heavy blasters, Rem G forty two machine guns. Right. Well, that was something Lucas did really well in Star Wars: is not go for the typical sci fi laser, you know, right. where it looks like it's firing through this series of you know glass tubes or something. Right. You wanted it to feel, uh, you know. <clears throat> have have that modern feel. It's almost like a steampunk feel, you know, kind to of. it in some yeah. ways. Yeah. And they, they all looked used. They, yeah. all, they, they didn't look shiny. Worn. It was more that kind of Josh Whedon st- style of sci-fi where everything looks realistic and worn. Biggest part of it, though, it was just what was practical. When they shot in, in England, the armories were full of, they just finished the big run of all the World War II movies from the 50s and 60s. So the armories were full of Sterlings and MG42s and, um, in this case, the C96 broomhound or broomhandle Mauser. So right. they needed to make it look kind of spacey. So they swapped a few parts around here and there, strapped a couple extra parts on, to, you know, put a couple little rings on a on a, um, a wieldy Wolverine, and now you've got Princess Leia's gun. So, so were the Sterlings in real life as inaccurate and hard to hit your target as the stormtroopers made it seem? <laughs> well, it's easier to shoot and aim when you're not wearing a helmet. I mean, the guys can't... Unless you're e- Robocop. They, the guys can't even miss the door frames. You know, they're running... So how are you supposed to expect them to hit accurately, yeah. you know? It's uh, also easier to hit your target if you bring the gun up in front of your eyes and use sights <laughs> instead of from the hip, but that's... You know. Yeah. But uh, good for our heroes that they shot that badly. That's exactly right, yeah. No, I mean, it was, it was a fairly accurate submachine gun, you know, the the troops did quite well with those guns. Um, it's just that I, I guess the stormtrooper training just really wasn't that good, you know. Well, the gun forced all the stormtroopers to be left-handed. Yes. Because the magazine on the Sterling comes off the left-hand side for your traditional right-handed trooper. Well, to holster it, which you never intended to holster a Sterling, but to holster it for a stormtrooper, now it has to go on your left side. Yeah. So just there it is. Because of that odd little design, all the stormtroopers were lefties. Now we figured it out. Yep. Yeah, South this Clark, makes so man. much more sense now. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm like, why can't they hit anything? Right? Damn lefties. Yeah. <laughs> Righties who are having to shoot lefty. Yeah. 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 But obviously the, the most iconic one, and, and Alan, you had kind of hinted at it with talking about the, the Mauser C96. Um, that is the genesis for Han Solo's DL-44 blaster. 
Um, and that, I think, really is the iconic gun in that totally. movie, you know. Can we all just agree that Han Solo is the coolest character? I mean, I know Luke is the, the yes. main hero, but who didn't want to be Han Solo? Well, but Luke carried this gun, too. No one talks about True. that. In the swamp with Yoda, he's holding the exact same gun. No one ever mentions Luke when they talk about this gun. That's the, true. Yeah. Is Han Well, because it was military Lando? issue, right? That's like the whole oh, yeah. thing. Is cooler the, than it, Lando? Mm, okay, now. Call so, out in the so comments below. They both, they both <laughs> drive the same cool vehicle. Now, granted, Hans is a little more run down than when Lando owned it. Han got the girl. Lando didn't. Lando got plenty of girls. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My He's last been in like the fan yeah. wiki, reading all the stuff that right. the people just make up. Here's how, right. here's how I can prove it. Lando wears a cape. Yeah. Han wears a vest. Cool dudes wear vests. Yeah, Na- I kind of view it as more like a smoking jacket. Lando's wearing a smoking jacket. Lando's like the Hugh Hefner. Well, the cool thing about the DL-44 in actual Star Wars canon is it's it's supposedly kind of an illegally modified blaster to make it a more powerful handgun than necessarily is legal. So it's kind of the... Is that why it overheats? Yeah, it could be, yeah. Uh, um, Star Wars game, right? (laughs) Well, I I think in general, like, the whole concept was, like, part of the accuracy was, like, you could only fire so much. And uh, and, and if, uh, I don't know, also in the fan wikis, this is, like, something that nerds get in there and argue about is is over the overheating problem with this this fictional gun. (laughs) It's just one, one, with the Bond exception from our last episode, the kind of common theme you see through the big, you know, famous hero guns is they're always over the top. Dirty Harry's 44, way too powerful for what he needs. Um, You know, some of the the modifications John Wick carries in his guns, you know, crazy over the top. You talked about the Spass 12, um, you know, we've talked about the, the 4570 lever guns in Jurassic Park, just the guns that stand out, the hero guns are these crazy over the top. So even, it's a, even though it's a fake gun and it's made up, even its backstory is that it's over mm-hmm. the top, it's illegally modified, it's you know something a smuggler would carry. Right. And, you know, it's, it's interesting with a lot of the different things that you see in Star Wars, you know, is that people are trying to create replicas of stuff. You know, we've seen people create some really interesting, like, lightsaber replicas, you know, but at the end of the day... No matter how much you try, no matter what you start with, a lightsaber is not real and never will be real. Cue the hate mail that's <laughs> coming from people sitting in the basement. But um, hey, if someone knows a place to buy real lightsabers, drop it in the comment. No, DM me that information. <laughs> yeah, but so so you know the the lightsaber is never going to be real. But you can have a real DL-44 blaster because the basis is in a real C-96 firearm. Um, and that's that's something there are people making a lot of, of modified, yeah. you know, DL-44 blasters. You can get one that, that works, right? Which, which is really neat uh, to be able to take that movie aspect of things and actually tie it into something real um, that I just don't think you get a lot of. Did you know the I, – I, I was prepping a little bit for this, and then I kind of got going down a rabbit hole because I used to love Star Wars as a kid, and I ended up just – I was the nerd reading all this fan wiki stuff. But um, <clears throat> the gun that they used was provided by a prop house. Frank Sinatra used the same gun in The Naked Runner. That They, they then took that gun and modified it and built Han Solo's gun no, out of it. No kidding. Yeah. I had no idea. Isn't that cool? That's really So it's like cool. the gun that was modified was literally modified from another movie that they still had on, on in their archives. So you're saying Han Solo carried Frank Sinatra's gun? That's what I read. Lawyered. Right. Lawyered. Yeah, I guess that was a little bit cooler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Old blue eyes coming in. 
But I mean, I That's thought that really was neat. I thought that was really cool. Which yeah. which could even have some of the maybe the original that I think we're going to talk about in a second could be some of the value behind it too. It's like this has been used in two like with two really well known people, right? And that's you know an interesting thing about Hollywood firearms is that you know a lot of the movies they're they are renting these guns from armorers and prop houses uh, that have these storehouses of all these guns, and so a lot of the stuff gets used and reused over and over and over again in different films. Um, and so it's interesting that, you know, it, it was Sinatra's gun and, and then it's being used in Star Wars. Well, too, wasn't the, the and you're, you're the guy that told me this, but uh, in my deep dive, this gun wasn't like some of the other ones we've talked about that was made popular just through the movie. This was like a favorite of Churchill, right? Like even mm-hmm. before Star Wars, this gun was already had some notoriety within itself. So you're looking at a popular gun that now was just taken to the next level right. by being in this sci-fi epic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, whether whether you are a fan of the Star Wars films or you're just a, a you know a gun history nerd, you know the the silhouette of a Mauser C ninety six is iconic. Yeah, you know, I mean that that broom handle that is such an iconic design on that gun. There's no mistaking it mm-hmm. for anything else. And so whether you're a Star Wars fan or you're just a gun nerd, like you're infatuated. By the C ninety six for one reason or another. Right. right? Yeah. There's there's a Venn diagram of the Mauser fans and the Star Wars folks, and in that overlap are the ones who understand that the Han Solo gun is a Mauser. Yeah. But right. It's that overlap. Exactly. Yeah. And and we've kind of talked about you know existing guns that things are glued on to in the Robocop and the Han Solo guns to make it look like future guns. And there's also this huge category of future guns in movies that they're usually lower budget movies where they use real guns that just look futuristic. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, this is a future gun. And you're like, wait, isn't that just like a G36 or a P90? The, or? the reboot of Battlestar Galactica was the king of that. You know, the, the handguns were FN57s where they attached a fake grenade launcher. Um, originally, they were FS2000 and P90s. And then, and then when the series got picked up, they went to the Beretta Storm carbines. But yeah, all those guns kind of look trippy to begin with. Mm-hmm. And um, the producers went, yeah, good enough. Yeah, just give it a sound effect. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, no, well, in, in that in that uh, universe, they actually fire proper projectiles, loaded cartridges projectiles. But. Mm. Has Chris Vector been used in any sci-fi? I feel like that, oh, you know, yeah. those look. Oh, yeah, those do look super yeah. sci-fi. And I, I don't watch enough sci-fi to I don't know either. if it has. But, but it seems like it would Video have games to be. for sure. I know it's been in some video games. Well, I'm thinking games. like the Halo guns from the Halo video game series. Yeah. Those oh. look like Chris Vector's. And right. a lot of the, I'm, I'm just kind of thinking that that gun, if you were going to do one that dance. That is good. I, mm-hmm. bet it, I bet it'll it's gotta be. sound off in the comments. They're going to hear us. They're going to hear us talking about this now, and they're going to make a movie just to be able to do it. Yeah. This is how good of an idea this is. Absolutely. Now we just need a good plot. <laughs> that's well, the easy we'll leave, part. We'll leave that to the writers. Yeah. That's uh, not ours. Uh, they're on strike. You know. At this point, at least, they're still on strike. Yeah. yeah. By the time you're hearing this, maybe not, but they're yeah. still on strike today. Well, eventually. I'm a patient man. <laughs> <laughs> as long as the check comes through and there's enough zeros, I'm patient enough. Yeah, for if they it, don't want writers, maybe we could do it. Hey, there you go. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure writing is that important in modern Hollywood anyway. Just use so. AI. Everybody's doing it. There yeah. you go. But, but so there are real guns that things are glued on to to look like future guns. Uh, there are futuristic-looking real guns that nothing's done to and still look like future guns. And then there's my favorite gun, which is a future gun that looks like nothing on the Earth, and that is Fifth (laughs) Elements. What's it called? The ZF-1, the Zorg industry that's got aero launcher, flamethrower, rocket launcher. Net gun. Net gun, freeze gun, 
The redirectional. The, redir- the re- recall. Replay button. And <laughs> if they don't pay you for your shipment, you push a little button don't and they pu- blow up. Don't push the red button. Yeah, don't <laughs> push the red button. I'm going to guess gun brokers never seen one of those come through. I know Adam Savage uh, made a, a replica of it. I wouldn't be surprised if, because I've seen on gun broker some of the rubber prop guns uh, mm. on gun broker where they're like, hey, this is a rubber you know prop that was used in this movie or whatever. Mm. Um so I wouldn't be surprised if someone's made one oh, at some point. We'll save that one for the next movie episode. But I, right. I, we haven't talked about the the blaster and how much it goes for, or how much it recently went oh, for, yeah. and yeah. like the value of it. Which sure. is we got to get into that because this is going to blow people's minds. Yeah. So the the actual with legit movie provenance, without a shadow of a doubt, it is the modified Mauser C96 that was turned into the D44 blaster that was used by Han Solo in the film, undoubtedly, right? Sold at auction uh, in 2022. Uh, and it it went up for sale with uh, an estimated sale price of three hundred to $500,000, which is an astronomical... I mean, that's house money, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like you could buy a house with that amount of money. And so, un- unless you've looked at my sheet of paper, um, I, I want to see, we'll go around, does anybody want to take a guess as to how much it hammered for? Well, can, can I, I know. I don't know. But I know that there's a difference if it is an individual buying it or if it is like a uh, museum buying it, like if the Smithsonian bought it. If that would... This is probably well, a Saudi can, prince. I can tell you Saudi prince money. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you if the uh, Smithsonian bought it, it wouldn't have even made the low estimate. I'm gonna say there's no money for it. Twenty million dollars. <sighs> okay, maybe a distant Saudi prince. <laughs> <laughs> like a, like a, so a cousin. One, a one cousin. who's been excommunicated. <laughs> he did kind of set know. you up for failure. <laughs> <laughs> um, five million. Good guess. Alan, do you have a guess? Well, I'm sitting next to you and can see your sheet, so I'm not <laughs> well, going to. Fine. Well, well, how about off-camera? Braden, what do, you, what do you think it went for? Tell us, Jamie. So he's 2. thinking 2.7 million. All right. Well, that's interesting that, that we've thrown out these really big numbers and, and uh, that, that everyone thinks, you know, it's going to blow past its auction estimate, right? And, you know, the whole point of creating an auction estimate, um, you, you want to kind of accurately – uh, bracket that because that's that lends more credence to your auction house. You know, obviously it, that's really impressive if you can blow way past that, right? But but with something like that, you, that you don't have a, a comp for, right? You know, you just kind of give it an estimate and you hope you're in the ballpark. Um, and for this auction house, they were nowhere near the ballpark, uh, which and that made them very happy. Uh, by the time it was done, it sold for one million fifty-seven thousand five hundred dollars. That's less than I would have thought. <laughs> You're never impressed. That's, that's, less, <laughs> that's less than I. Well, would clearly have you guessed twenty million dollars. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Banksy can. can graffiti on a brick wall and it goes for 20 million dollars yeah but that's because people who are buying his stuff are stupid and people <laughs> well, that, who are buying guns as investments aren't stupid. well that and it's one of those things where people think they're going to get their money back that's going to increase in value right. and i think this is a good a great example of something that's going to yeah. increase in value yeah and I don't, you, you were talking about in our last episode about we were talking about how many different versions of a gun there is there's some that are designed to get beat up mm. and some that are designed for the close-up hero shot and you were like well which one gets the most money and i know that all of the actors like i know terminator or arnold schwarzenegger has the main shotgun lever action shotgun at his house i'm sure clint eastwood has one of those you know it walked off the set sort of things i wouldn't be surprised if harrison ford has 
one of the blasters at his house. I mean, wouldn't you think? I mean, just Harrison Ford and who he seems to be personality-wise, I'm not sure Harrison Ford remembers being in Star Wars. (laughs) And I sure don't think he actually cares. Uh, He just seems like that type of guy that isn't a memorabilia type. He's like, is the check cashed? Really? I got the other, I I would think he's I don't know, he was really disappointed they didn't kill him off. Yeah, and Uh, and plus he's still doing Indiana Jones. But, like, I bet he's got an Indiana Jones. We'll come back to Indy here at the end. We should do episode idea. Non-firearm weapons, because hmm. that made me think of the bullwhip. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, that would be interesting. Well, that, well, that would. But on the on the prop gun thing, I I don't know if it's true. But in the again deep diving, uh, I kind of forgot I was actually researching for a show and was just fun reading. <laughs> but the uh, one of the resins apparently went uh, of this gun, like the mold, the rubber mm-hmm. guns, I guess as you were calling them. I found that one went for five hundred fifty thousand dollars in two really? thousand eighteen. Wow. Of this gun. That's interesting. And I think that is a testament to just how popular Star Wars yeah. stuff is. You know, I mean, because there there are some movie franchises that it doesn't matter what it is. Anything associated with it, the big fans with deep pockets, they want it, got to have well, it. Well, Lucas you know? knew that. I think it, I can't remember the exact term, so I'm just going to make this up as you do on a podcast. But I know when he was negotiating you know the rights within his uh, when he was when he still owned Star Wars, or maybe it was when part of the sale to Disney. I can't remember, but part of his terms wasn't about the grossing of the movie; it was in the merchandise. Oh, that, was, uh, that was the that was actually the original Star Wars. Yeah, so it's when a, he it negotiated was the in perpetuity with, like yeah, deal on, on when merch. he negotiated with 20th Century Fox. That's he took what it was. a huge cut on pay, but he wanted a cut of the toys, yeah. and nobody had done toys at that yeah. point. And Fox is like, yeah, absolutely. Sure, right. <laughs> and and the, the the toys and the merchandise line has made him. Twenty fold over what the movies. I ever mean, have. not to mention selling Lucasfilms for three billion dollars to yeah. Disney. George yeah. ain't hurting. No, George no. ain't hurting. George is not hurting. Yep. So, Alan, you wanted to mention something about Indiana Jones. Well, you know, we uh, took a look at some of the movie stuff we do have up for sale, and one that comes up quite often. Um, there is a, a, a gentleman who's associated with Bapti, which is one of the the film houses, and uh, he periodically will put up for auction. He's got the model nineteen seventeen revolver. From the original Raiders of the Lost Ark movie, I can guarantee Harrison Ford doesn't have it in his Wyoming ranch house. <laughs> um, it hits our uh, auctions every now and then, and the reason it continues to come back up, he's a little off, I think, on his auction estimate. So this one, I'm not sure we've talked about. Anyone care to guess what he starts it at the listing price usually? Mm, Three million. I'll, I'll say I don't associate Indiana Jones with. Any sort of gun. And the only scene I can think of is where he shoots the dude with the sword. That that would be, I don't know if it's but, that exact exact one, but it is that model. But I'm trying to, I'm going through my, my memory bank, and I can't think of another scene where he shoot maybe on the wooden bridge, or that's not even. We don't have time deal. for you to do this. Anyway, no, <laughs> make us a number. Anyway, so. <laughs> just tell I would us, say just it, tell us $20 million and move on. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be less than the blaster, though. It's got to be less than the blast. Well, he's saying what he's asking for. Not yeah, what the, it, I'm going to say 500. Sold. I'm going to say 500. 500. Logan? Uh, knowing that it doesn't sell, but I want to be a little more realistic, I'm going to say 75,000. 5 million. Oh, if you've got, oh Go buy some lottery tickets. <laughs> if you've got 5 million in your pocket, <laughs> I know a gentleman who will hook you up with Indy's, Indy's revolver. If, if, if the Dirty Harry gun, if the NRA came upon hard times and had to auction <laughs> off that gun, how much do you think that dirty hairy gun would go for? Well, considering the NRA is already in hard times. The question is, um, how, how fast after this show post does his cell phone go off with a phone call? Now? Yeah, <laughs> no, the, the, I, I don't know because the bigger There's issue the is NRA they don't, trying to sell me a they don't own plate. that gun. That gun still belongs to John Milius. But, so. yeah, the one thing that always happens with celebrities, and I don't mean to get morbid, but if he dies, 
that could be it the could thing. Be. I mean, that saw that with like Michael Jackson stuff. Like yeah. all this stuff kind of comes mm. back on the market and yeah. people go nuts over that. Is I, I could I I could easily see it bringing a million dollars. Yeah. You know, and since I no longer work for a museum, it's not a conflict of interest for me to throw that number out there. I I could easily see that just because of what that is. And everything's just pegged on the blaster now. It, right. Is it more or less valuable than Han Solo? Well, right. But the difference, I think part of the challenge is the gun is Han Solo. The gun is not Indiana Jones. Exactly what I was yes. about to say. It's, yeah. it's like they're, they're not as, like you were like, I don't even remember him shooting. That's what I said, like, yeah. I, I know. That's There's quoting one you. scene. I mean, oh, even, I even, like, you sounded really dumb even when you said that. <laughs> Dan dumb. Even in the Solo prequel, there's the whole scene around the campfire where um, uh, it's not it's uh, Tandy Newton is taking down the big rifle. And eventually ends up with the handgun configuration, which is the DL-44 that she tosses over. And that's where he gets his pistol. I mean, we, we see where he gets the pistol from. So it's, you know, it's as much a character as Chewbacca. Okay, maybe a little less, but yeah. not much. Well, with that, uh, it blew past us, but we are out of time in this episode. Obviously, we had a ton of fun talking imaginary pop culture firearms. I hope you guys uh, who are still here with us at the end, I hope you enjoyed hearing about it as much as we enjoyed talking about it. So if you're still here, I really appreciate it. Make sure you are subscribed on your favorite platform. Please leave us a review. Log your time and go wild. Head over to Gunbroker and find the the base model gun so that you can build your own replica. Uh, really appreciate everyone being here uh, to to enjoy the episodes and everyone around the table. I appreciate you being here to film the episodes, and we will see you right here on the next episode of the No Low Ballers podcast. Pew 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 pew. pew.